If you meet someone and you have this like really intense reaction, you can definitely lead you to feel like, oh, it's always going to feel that this way. And so like, I really need to prioritize my time with this person or I need to move yeah. my life around for this person. And so it can definitely cloud your judgment and lead you to make not as well thought out decisions in the long run. I know I've definitely made so many bad decisions. <laughs> oh, really? Under the inf- yeah. oh gosh, Emily, yeah. I, I can't even, I can't even... I can't even. So many bad decisions <laughs> under the influence of energy. Yeah. If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But if you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And this is the Multi-Amory Podcast. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we're talking about surviving and thriving in NRE, which is new relationship energy. Yeah, I mean, we've all we've all experienced this, right? Who hasn't experienced a new relationship energy? Whether they're in a monogamous relationship or in a polyamorous relationship, anything in between, new yeah, relationship energy. People yeah, that's, who are that's more, something that happens. More like aromantic or asexual, maybe experiences it as like a squish, for instance. Mm. Like where people describe it as like a friend crush, um, which yeah. I'm I'm willing to bet incorporates some elements of NRE into it as well in that experience. So how would you sum up what NRE is? Could you, could you define it for us? Well, Ooh. I think the technical term is limerence. I believe that was a term that came out in the 70s or 80s, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think so. Um, just, uh, you know, that feeling of a high that you get when you're first, you know, entering into a relationship with somebody, uh, you know, like the butterflies and the sweating and the like real intense feely wheelies that are coming up in your body when you're around them. Um, I guess from a pop culture stance, like we often call it falling in love, but I think that those words are not quite ad- accurate or adequate because hmm. um, we specifically use the term NRE to specifically refer to the period, usually at the beginning of a relationship that has all these very like intense feelings. Mm. Right. right. Is there anything I missed left out, Emily? No. I think that that's a good a good way to describe it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I feel like the most intense NRE that I ever had was when I was younger. I feel like I was able to, you know, at least know, okay, I know what what's going on here to a degree and it wasn't this like unbelievably new thing in my life because I had experienced it before in some capacity and in a really intense capacity. Yeah, I have a I have a theory about that that the reason what why like why teenagers have that like it just seems like they fall in love maybe like harder than other people or like they seem more just like obsessive over it or like yeah. no, I know this is the real thing. It's because they have no perspective. Hmm. It's kind of like if you were to imagine with um pain, right? Like if you've never fallen down and hurt yourself before, you fall down and you're like, oh my gosh, my arm must be broken because this hurts so much. Because you have no perspective. You haven't actually broken your arm yet to kind of know like, oh no, no, no this is, is like. right? 
that I've never broken my arm. Yeah, I've never broken any bone in my body, so I have zero perspective. Knock on wood. Me neither. Well, I just have much better perspective. I'm older <laughs> and wiser. <laughs> what have you broken? You. Uh, my arm and my toe, uh, <laughs> and all of our uh, hearts. Many times. Jeez. Oh, oh wow. Oh. <laughs> Dang. Well, hang on. I have a no, theory. No, no, we've broken his heart. Oh, That's we've definitely. What it is. We've broken so many hearts it's between all, the three of yeah. us. Um, <laughs> well, I was going to say, I mean, I think that I definitely felt NRE like so much more intensely when I was young, not just because of the perspective thing, but I guess now that I'm like jaded also, <laughs> I guess now that I, now that I have had more of a broken heart, you know, because I think that. Mm when you are young like you do think like oh this is exactly what they talked about in the disney movies like and this you know clearly this is a sign i'm with my soulmate and i'm gonna be with this person forever right. like this is what they're talking about when that's not necessarily the case i guess i would just say yes that but it's not about being jaded even though that's kind of the message we could believe that's not so much about being jaded but it is just having a realistic perspective just experience I suppose. right yeah just exactly mm-hmm. having yeah. experience having you know calibrated your meters to like what real life feels like and what falling in love feels like I do, however, wonder if this might be somewhat extra challenging for couples who have been monogamous for a very, very long time, who are then opening their relationships up for the first time after like 20 years. Maybe they've forgotten what that felt like. Uh, and I think that could sometimes like be like, oh my gosh, it's making me question everything about my life. What's going on? And maybe it's just that, like a lack of perspective. I don't know. Well, it reminds me of a story that they told in Sex at Dawn, I believe towards the end, where they they shared like the personal story of this guy who had an affair in his marriage. But it was an affair where like he like really fell in love, you know, got into like super intense NRE with the person that he was having the affair with, you know, and to that point where he thought like, oh, this must mean that this is actually the person for me. Mm. And so he left his marriage and like left his family and like had kids and like, it was this really, really devastating thing. And then got, you know, pursued this relationship with the person he was having the affair with and found out about six months later, Oh, actually we're not that compatible and it's actually Mm -hmm. not that great. And him expressing kind of some regret of like, I actually was kind of relatively happy in my marriage. Like I didn't cheat because I was unhappy. It was because like I got really interested in this other person. Um, And so I think about that also about how much it can just really skew your perspective. And I think that, yeah, like that's a really common narrative. I see that if you're someone who hasn't felt NRE in a very long time, when it does hit you, it can bring up all these questions of like, oh my God, what does this mean? What does my life mean? Does this mean I need to, you know, like throw everything away and pursue this one person? Mm -hmm. So for this episode, what we're going to do is look at some of the experience of being in NRE, both the positive things about that and also some of the negative things. And then we're going to look at some of the research that's been done and some of the science for what's actually going on in our bodies during that time. And then in the second half of the episode, we're going to then look at those and both from taking the science and just the behaviors and the experience of it and look at some ways to enjoy that to its fullest while also not making terrible mistakes that you'll regret forever. Like the one that Dedeker mentioned, um, you know, or causing trouble in your other relationships. Yeah. So first let's talk about what our favorite parts of NRE are, because there definitely are some really awesome parts of it. It's not all bad by any means. Why don't you start? Uh, well, yeah, (laughs) 
it is like this feeling that you can sort of just do absolutely anything and like well, your life during that time is just easier because you're receiving all of these amazing hormones um, in your body and so you just kind of feel like you're walking on air all the time and that's you know pretty lovely I think it's kind of funny because I definitely relate to that, like feeling like you can do anything, but then the irony is that you actually don't end up doing anything, at least for me. It's like you feel like you can do anything, but the most that you do is just want to hang out with this person, yeah. you know, instead of pouring it actually into like a creative project or something like that. At least that's my experience. It may mm. be different for other people. Mm. Um, yeah. I know for me, I have a lot of memories, especially like when I was uh, falling into like NRE with one of my boyfriends in college, like needing less sleep like just or at least thinking or at least thinking that I did feeling like I didn't need so much sleep like like having going from like being in bed at midnight every night even for a college student yes I've been this boring my entire life um like going from being in bed in like at midnight almost every night to like staying up till six in the morning like every single night uh when I was spending time with him when I was first like falling in love and and not feeling tired at all you know just feeling like super energetic and (laughs) yeah and you know like not flagging anything like that yeah and I think I, I guess it's funny because I feel like now if I fall into NRE now or in the past couple of years, like I think it definitely there's somewhere in my body that goes back to that time. Like specifically, I feel like I'm 22 again. I feel like a Taylor Swift song again. Um, See, I met Jace when I was 22. Oh, what? snap. Yeah. It's the, you're the tiniest baby. Yeah. Gosh. So Jace, you would have been what? 27? 20. Something like that. Yeah, you're six years older than I am. 28. Yeah, so I guess I was, yeah, Jeez. 28. Yeah. Whoa. So young and vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we've known each other for eight years, so it's a long dang time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what else about NRE? Um, I mean, having sex all the time. That's yeah. always an exciting thing about for NRE. For some people, it manifests in that way. <laughs> That's true, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um feeling also just feeling I guess kind of like Dedeker was saying like feeling like excited and like Emily was saying like you can do anything mm-hmm. is feeling more creative like it's like oh I, I can you know create all this stuff like write songs or whatever um, and it's actually funny that in doing some research for this episode I did find that there have been some studies showing that creativity is boosted by falling in love um, which is interesting and maybe could go to support the idea why like all of our, you know, Mm. actors and musicians or whatever should probably be polyamorous. So then instead (laughs) of like having to continuously like break up and fall in love with new people, you could just do all those concurrently. Yeah. But to be fair, breakups also fuel a lot of creativity. (laughs) It would seem based on pop songs. So, cause it is either that it's either the falling in love or it's the breaking up that we like to sing about. So yeah, that's a good point. Well, okay, so on that note, um, are there bad parts of NRE? There definitely are. Oh, boy. And especially, yeah, if you are in a relationship, um, like a non-monogamous relationship, it's sometimes difficult to be as empathetic towards your partner who may be kind of struggling with the fact that you're off a lot or, you know, really excited about someone else. Um, it, It may just be more difficult to to kind of see that and notice that and be there for them during that time, because you might be so caught up in all of the amazing emotions that you're going through. 
Yeah, and so that's interesting, like that feeling of being able to do anything, it can also like really be a detriment. Because um, mm. I think it can get you to really overcommit. It can get you to, um, mm. I think it can get you to feel like, oh, this is never going to end. These feelings are never going to end. Yeah. And to be fair, I think we've definitely been kind of sold that bill of goods by a lot of our media of like, once you actually find the right person, the NRE is never going to end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're going to feel that way all the time um, to a certain extent. And I think also like, because like if you meet someone and you have this like really intense reaction, you can definitely lead you to feel like, oh, it's always going to feel that this way. And so like, I really need to prioritize my time with this person or I need to move yeah. my life around for this person. And so it can definitely cloud your judgment and lead you to make not as well thought out decisions in the long run. I know I've definitely made so many bad decisions <laughs> oh, really? under the inf- yeah. Oh gosh, Emily, yeah. I, I can't even, I can't even, I can't even so many bad decisions <laughs> under the influence of energy. Yeah. Um, and then along those same lines, I, I, um, it's funny cause I feel like actually Shakespeare was pretty good at pointing out the bad sides of falling in love or NRE mm. as well. Ironically though, no one looks at that exactly. part of the story. Exactly. Yeah. No one looks yeah. at that part of the stories or the sonnets also like, you know, I used to have a book of the, of Shakespeare's sonnets and I would like try to flip through to a random one and like, I'd feel like the majority of them are actually pretty negative. Um, mm, interesting. Yeah. You know, there's, there are some like the really famous ones that we know that are really romantic, but a lot of them are just lamenting like, this sucks actually <laughs> like <sighs> like i feel like i've lost my judgment and yeah. you know i feel like like both being separated from you and being with you somehow feels terrible at the same time mm, and i don't understand geez. why and why do people do this this is such a folly um that there is a lot of that and i think that is actually like a fundamental part that we often don't talk about is the fact that like you feel you can feel depressed when that person isn't around or you can feel really obsessive about what they are or are not doing or like really obsessive about they said this but what does that mean then they did this but what does that mean and then should i say this or should i say that that like everything just really gets turned up sometimes in this really negative way yeah yeah and then also for non-monogamy there are ways that nre can be difficult to manage in your existing relationships. Mm -hmm. So one of these is this experience where because you're in NRE and you have that kind of obsessive brain chemistry going on, that it's like all of your energy and all of your time and everything is being directed at this new person who's activating these kind of addiction sorts of feelings, which can actually crowd out some of either your energy or your time that you have with your existing partners. So that can definitely cause some trouble in that relationship. Yeah. And it can also cause kind of like an intrusion on the outside relationships. So it may just be like in the form of a little interruption, like, uh, you know, unwanted phone calls or texts uh, when you're in the middle of a, a date perhaps, or even just like sitting around watching TV with your partner and all of a sudden you get a phone call or a text from your new partner that you're going through NRE with. That can kind of be intrusive on your current relationships Um, or just even like spending so much time with this new person that can intrude and kind of infringe upon the existing relationship as well. Yeah. Um, So you, you guys want to talk about some science? Yeah, it is yeah. science. All right. Although it's with uh, mm, yeah. old hell and... Old hell. Old um, hell. 
that's what we call her here. Yeah. Right. So um, Helen Fisher, which many people probably know from her various TED Talks and things like that that she's done, um, she's definitely the best known researcher today who's doing research on love and the brain chemicals and things that go on. Um, we, as well as many other people like Dan Savage or Carrie Jenkins or uh, Chris Ryan, like a lot of us have some issues with some of the assumptions that she makes about the way people work being mm. very heteronormative and very like the only purpose of falling in love is in order to pair bond monogamously and to have children and kind of totally discounting same sex couples else. or asexual people or, you know, anything else that doesn't fit that mold. But the science she does is interesting. It's just the conclusions mm. that she makes from it that are based on her assumptions that are problematic. Um, so in this study that's the one that, that she talks about a lot is a study done with um, a fairly large sampling of college students, mostly, who reported recently having fallen deeply in love. And that... What does that mean? <laughs> like, really? It's self-reporting, College right? students in love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever they think that means. But exactly. in the studies, they did find some interesting things by doing, like, fMRIs and, um, like, hormone tests and things like that. And they found... Elevated activity in, I'm going to try to pronounce these, uh, the caudate nucleus and the ventral tegmental area, which the important takeaway there is that those are both areas in the brain that are associated with the reward system. The reward system being things involved in like addiction mm. or in seeking out food or sex or like kind of these base desires. Right. So the reward system is connected to having... Um uh, like dopamine injected into your system by your brain, essentially. So the mm -hmm. idea that like, if you're hungry, you go find food, you eat the food, you feel a little rush of dopamine afterwards. Like that's mm -hmm. the pleasure you feel during and after eating. And that mm -hmm. like encourages you to keep doing that, to keep nourishing your body. Um, <laughs> to keep living. Keep living. And same <laughs> thing with sex, you know, we have like a dopamine release during and after orgasm. Um, and so the thing is that like, when you're falling in love with someone, when you're in NRE, uh, you definitely have this surge in dopamine and that that's the reason why it can end up feeling obsessive because it does become like an addiction, you know, the same way that addictive substances usually cause a huge rush of dopamine that that's kind of what you chase is that like you're chasing this high in this energy that you get from this new person that you're involved with. Um, there's also some evidence in her research of cortisol, of the stress hormone being involved. She doesn't really emphasize it, but I think anecdotally, like definitely makes sense that it also is kind of like, we talked about how there's can also be this dark underside of NRE that is really stressful and actually kind of unsettling as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there was a different study done, um, Donatella Marazzi, I, Mar I'm not Mar saying Mar that. Marazzitti. Yeah, come on. Use your, use your Pimsleur Italian on us. I know, I did. Donatella Marazzitti. <laughs> Great. That's go. as good as I got. Okay. <laughs> of the University of Pisa in Italy uh, showed that in 2004, that compared to single people or people in stable long-term relationships, newly in love people, so people probably in, in, in NRE, right. uh, they showed lower than normal levels of serotonin and also significantly higher levels of cortisol. So uh, that's kind of similar to clinical OCD, which is interesting that that was yes, said. The that lower levels of sense. serotonin. Yeah, of serotonin because, are, yeah. Yeah, because serotonin is what kicks in to make you feel satisfied. Sure. Um, right. It's that, like, that's kind of like... 
Damn it. Sorry. <laughs> I Hamilton to again. bring it back mm-hmm. to kind of like when I listen to Hamilton, it gets stuck in my head and there's no serotonin release because I'm not done listening to it. Um, mm, and yes. I want to keep listening you to it. You never will be satisfied. I'll never be satisfied. Anyway, right. to bring it back to a more reasonable example, like with the food thing that like you seek out food because you're hungry, you eat the food, you get the dopamine release. And then afterwards you also get serotonin that helps mm. you know that you're, that you are satisfied and you are sated. Mm. Um, and then in addiction, that serotonin release doesn't happen. That's why you need more and more and more and more is because there isn't that feeling of being satisfied. And I guess that makes sense with the clinical OCD thing. The idea that doing an action doesn't satisfy that feeling and you feel like you need to do the action over and over and over and over again because it doesn't actually get satisfied. Well, serotonin, yeah, is also related to just kind of a feeling of well-being in general. Um, Mm -hmm. which is why like a lot of the medications for depression uh, or even anxiety are affecting serotonin either by synthesizing it or by stopping your body from reabsorbing it so that more of it stays in your system and is more freely accessible. Um, So it's a pretty big deal hormone and it's not just a, with all of these, they're not just like a more is better or a less is better kind of thing. It's finding a balance, right? Um, so I thought this was really interesting, this, that, that study there kind of, that they had previously years before the Helen Fisher study had seen this thing with cortisol being higher, meaning like that we're more stressed. I thought that was really interesting. Um, and then also to go along with, with, um, kind of the making bad decisions thing, (laughs) there was, uh, Uh, Andreas Bartels of the university college in London did a study that showed with, um, in newly in love people. And they also did the same study with mothers looking at their children. Oh, interesting. Um, They found that the neural circuits of the brain, what they were looking at was not what like hormones were happening, but what areas of the brain were being activated or more importantly here being deactivated. And they found that the neural circuits of the brain that are associated with critical social assessment are suppressed. Like essentially looking at looking at the person that they love or at their child, the parts of their brain in charge of like being critical of someone socially is actually suppressed. Or in Um, the case of some of our mothers, it's heightened. Well, (laughs) your mom might be a special case. Maybe once we hit puberty, then it gets heightened. Maybe. When you're a baby, less so. (laughs) Right. But this is basically showing that there is also some scientific backing to the idea that we'll overlook faults. Mm. In someone that we're in love with. Why it's a mother's love. <laughs> that's, that's why they say that. Why they yeah. say a mother that. can love that. Yeah. <laughs> Human. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Interesting. Okay. So uh. this is like the whole, this is what the whole package that you're dealing with, with NRE. And it seems like it brings some good stuff, but also brings a lot of potentially troubling or some potential pit. Yeah. Some pitfalls for sure. Either problems that you'll have later on once it wears off Mm. like if you've made some bad decisions Mm, or problems in your other relationships even with your other friend relationships like we've talked many times on this show about something that i think is familiar to anyone whether they've been non-monogamous or not is you know a friend or yourself falling into nre getting falling in love with someone and then just dropping all their friends like never seeing them again because they're so laser focused they're so obsessed over this person Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No for a long time now, we've been fans of AdamandEve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their site specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be, you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. Okay, so... There's definitely a part of NRE that's like a little bit out of your control, right? Because it's like you meet someone and like sparks fly and, uh, you know, you have these feelings come up and it's definitely not going to do you any good to just try to like tamp it down or pretend it doesn't exist or definitely not to like deny to your partners that it exists or anything like that. Like it's going to behoove you to still like take care of yourself and still be aware of it. But there are things that can help you balance out like that extreme kind of hormonal chemical rush that you're going through. Um, Mm. So, and the first one is that because when you're an NRE science shows that you have this extreme rush of cortisol, that you're actually more stressed. There are a lot of things that you can do to help lower your cortisol. And a lot of them are just the normal things that we know about for lowering stress. The first one being, get enough sleep. And I know if you're like me, you think that you don't need any sleep when you're in love, but you do. You You really do. do. I know it's so fun to stay up till six in the morning Uh with your new beloved, but get some sleep. Just fucking the night away, but (laughs) no, go to bed. That's that's fun. Occasionally just make sure you make up for the sleep, you know, the next day. Yeah. Don't like fuck the night away and then get up for a a. 7am brunch. Oh, whoa. No, that's the opposite of what brunch is. That's breakfast. Okay, sorry. 7 a.m. real early breakfast. <laughs> there you go. Um, another thing to do, which is another one of Dedeker's favorites, is to go off and meditate. Mm-hmm. You can walk and meditate, or you can sit and meditate. You can use the, uh, what is it? What's that app? Headspace. That's, that's the, hot, the one. It's a hot app all the kids love. Well, there's also yeah. Calm. A lot of people like that one. Yeah, yeah. Really? There's a number of oh, them I'm now. Yeah. Or you can just download a meditation timer and just do it. That's, I'm kind of old-fashioned in that way. Yes, well, not everyone is <laughs> as good at meditating as oh, you are, geez, this Well, it's not a competition, jeez. Professional <laughs> meditator. Um, yeah, also, apparently, exposure to sunlight, which, you know, get that D, get that vitamin D. 
Get the um, actual we- vitamin D, not that kind of D. Oh, yes, the vitamin D, not the other kind of D, which you may be getting. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it apparently that helps lower cortisol, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think maybe just because you're so tired after being in the sun all day. <laughs> well, you gotta go to bed. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a funny one. It's um this one it, like is tied to like seasonal affective disorder. Uh, um, you yeah. know, you know how like people will buy like the the light boxes to get you know super bright. If you're, if you're in a place not like L.A. where during colder seasons, it's actually right. kind of gloomy and dark and like gray. where Jace is from. Yeah, it's like yeah, Seattle. Like Seattle yeah. yeah, what's interesting about it though is that even in sunny places, we still because we're indoors most of the time, and mm-hmm. we're told so much to be afraid of being in the sun that we actually will spend very little of the day compared to what our ancestors would have for almost all of our existence as humans, except for this tiny little blip that's happened since we moved into cities uh, and had electric lights. Um, But specifically being brighter than a thousand lumens Hmm. is something that we rarely experience indoors. Like that's very unlikely that you're ever. Okay. Just to give me perspective is brighter than a thousand lumens. Is that just like a typical sunny day? Like a not cloudy. So even, even a cloudy day. Is oh, okay. still, I mean, if it's, if it's thousand? like, if it's like super cloudy, it might be a little bit darker mm-hmm. than that. But even if it's like a little bit overcast, um, that's still, still going to be brighter than inside. So I was told by a doctor. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm doctor, uh-huh. doctor. Yes. I was told by a doctor that, um, even just being out in the sun for 10 minutes is enough. So like for people huh. who like me, who are afraid of being in the sun and don't want to burn, <laughs> like I was told that 10 minutes is enough to stimulate like enough vitamin D production like you don't need to be out for a super long time we Mm. need to double check that but it was a doctor she really (laughs) was a doctor in a professional setting telling me this so i feel like i've had a doctor who told me half an hour actually was was better but split the difference we'll call it 20 minutes what's interesting about this one though is that this is um not just about the sun being on your skin this is more about your eyes seeing that bright of a light so you could still be in the shade or something, but it's just like being exposed to that level of light. Like maybe go sit on your porch, on your porch. and read a book okay. or, you know, something like that. Um, hmm. But that can that. actually help. Yeah. Hmm. I thought that was a cool one. Nice. Um, another one is to actually uh, have fun. So something that I've found, I don't know if, if you two have, but you know, when you're in that NRE and you're just like every waking moment you want to spend with this new person who you have all these feelings for, but you also have to work and you have to sleep and like, maybe you have other obligations. And so you end up in this situation where I'm with this person getting my dopamine fix or I'm working or mm. sleeping with my other or doing partners. chores <laughs> right. or like not doing something fun. Or, I mean, I know you're being a little sarcastic, <laughs> but if it's like I come home and don't do fun things because mm. I'm exhausted from all the fun I'm having with this new partner, that actually prioritizing having fun, mm. whether that's for you personally, like making some time to like to maybe go to not... Disneyland. <laughs> well, geez, I guess so. If you want to, why not? But you know, like, reading a book or watching a movie or playing a game or going and seeing your friends, like doing stuff like that. That's mm. not just with this partner and then just doing mundane things all the mm. rest of the time. Interesting. Um, I guess th- that makes sense that that would like also prevent you from building up like a weird association of like, I only have fun and can relax. Like when I'm with this new partner, mm. my quote yeah. unquote yeah, Disneyland relationship. And then the rest of my life is just like a terrible drag. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then one of my favorites here is to pet a pet. 
any kind of any kind of pet? Uh, you know what? The study was done with cats and dogs. Um, I don't know if it would apply to like any furry animal. Maybe like let's, if you have a bunny let's, rabbit. Maybe let's say like an <gasps> animal who yes. would oh. <laughs> definitely pet a bunny rabbit. Um, but this one was cool. So this study, people, you've probably heard some mention of this before, but they found that petting an animal will lower your blood pressure, but it will also lower your cortisol. And double bonus. It also lowers the cortisol for the animal. So it's kind of a win-win Yay. for the two of you. Um, and what's fun is that they actually found the reduction in cortisol is actually even greater if you're not a pet owner yourself, huh. like getting to pet an animal. Is it because um, it's like novel? Well, or? that's that's the thing is it's Maybe. like, is it that that's greater because it's novel or is it that the people who own pets are already experiencing already. some of the benefits? Uh, and mm. so for them, like the little extra benefits, not as much as someone who's at full stress capacity. And then so when, okay. An so the know. takeaway being that regardless, anytime you feel like you have high cortisol, if it's NRE or just normal day-to-day stress or whatever, yeah. definitely go ask to pet other people's pets. Yep. Okay. Totally. Love it. I can totally take that away. Love <laughs> totally. it. For sure. I love this podcast. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> so something to help actually boost your serotonin levels um, or supplements. There's a lot out there. Uh, stuff like saffron, which I, I've heard is actually pretty expensive. I know it's expensive when, you buy when it it's as put a on spice. Like, food. Yeah, if you buy it as a spice, I don't know what the supplements are like. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's one I haven't looked into, yeah. Maybe it's just the spice, but yeah, the spice can get pretty pricey. But um, 5-HTP, which heard about that in regards to a couple things, but yeah, 5-HTP for sure. Uh, vitamins B6 and B12. All you vegans out there, you get that B12. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then also folate. Yes. Mm, yeah. No, I was going to say there's another one that I was just reading about that um, is not as well known. It's called the ashwagandha. Um, oh. And it's a, um, like a, a root of some sort, but mm. like the extract of this has been shown in studies to um, increase cortisol levels when taken just like a little bit in the morning and the evening. Hmm, um, so that might also be something to look into. Uh, I haven't mean, actually taken uh, that one myself. Increased serotonin levels. Sorry. Yes. Increased serotonin. Okay. Feeling, feeling more satisfied, lowering anxiety, lowering stress, stuff like that is also maybe, you know, it's one of these sort of, People like to say it'll cure everything, but the studies I read about were specifically about um, cortisol and serotonin. They would help lower stress and also raise your serotonin. Okay, cool. so those are kind of all our uh, sciencey things that you can do in order to kind of help uh, balance out the issues that may come up, like from a more chemical level when you're falling in love or in NRE with someone. But let's talk about like external behaviors more so. Okay. Um, So first of all, like we talked about at the top of this episode, that when you're in NRE, it's definitely more difficult for you to empathize with, let's say, like a partner of yours who's maybe having a hard time, whether that's them having a hard time with you being in NRE or having a hard time with any other things, like because you're so laser focused, it becomes really hard Mm. to tap into that empathy. And first of all, just having an awareness of that really helps, Mm. like just recognizing that during this time period, you're ability to empathy may be compromised. And so you're probably going to need to overcompensate a little bit more than maybe you normally would. That means maybe checking in with your partner a little bit more, maybe verbally affirming their feelings a little bit more, affirming that you hear them or that you understand how they could feel this particular way. Um, And I think kind of like a tip that we've talked about on a previous episode, you know, if a partner shares with you, 
you know, maybe they're like, oh, I don't know. Like, I just, I feel neglected because you've been out of the house so often going on so many dates with so-and-so that like, maybe it's not wrong for you to be going on dates with so-and-so, but for you to mirror back, like, oh, I totally understand why you would feel that way then. If it mm. feels like I'm always gone, I totally understand how you'd feel neglected. Mm. Um, so being able to use that kind of not, um, language to really be able to affirm and empathize with your partner's feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to make sure that you're not just being like, no, 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 that's not the case. You're not yeah, invalidating to get all defensive. Their concerns. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, another one that we love to talk about is don't sign anything in the first year. Don't make any major life decisions. As we've seen, your ability to look at them critically is compromised, as well as like these feelings of addiction and euphoria when you're with them. So when we say don't sign anything, we mean don't sign like a marriage contract, a cell phone plan, a lease. Don't even like make plans to sign those things. I should, mm -hmm. I should clarify even further. Just don't, just don't do it. It can wait, right? If you believe in true love, then as they say, true love waits to sign leases. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, don't adopt an animal together. Right. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. You know, We're don't. Anything that involves a, having to sign legal documents. Yeah, don't <laughs> put your don't. signature on anything connected to this person within the first year if you can help it. And then that applies to major life decisions also, like choosing to yeah. move across the country uh, to mm -hmm. live in the same city as like this person you just met a month ago. Um, maybe not a great decision. Maybe it'll turn out after a year that like, oh, actually we are really compatible and I would love to move there, but like maybe not so much in the first month. Right. But it's this thing of like, if you don't go yet and then you find out, you know, more than a year later, it's like, yeah, we really want to do this. Then you can do that with confidence mm. and it's still okay. Whereas the other option, if you do it and then realize it's not going to work out, you've really screwed yourself over. Right. Totally. Um, and then the next one that's kind of related to this is to listen to the people around you. And this is your family, your friends, your other partners. You can take it with a grain of salt, but pay attention if other people are picking up on things about this new partner that you might not be. Right. If they're sort of like, I don't know, like they seem just kind of shady or like they were weird that they didn't want to be friends with me at all or even talk to me mm -hmm. or right. Whatever it is, again, take it with a grain of salt because everyone has their own baggage coming into it, but still listen. But again, like, your ability to be socially critical is really inhibited. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's nice to have somebody to it have a little bit of a perspective where you may not be able to. Mm -hmm. um, and also journal about your experience. This is something that's really cool to look back on potentially later on, but also to sort of be able to, to like write down all of the great things that you might be feeling and that might be happening, but also maybe some of the things that are potential red flags, anything that comes up that you're like, I don't know why they said that. What do I actually think about that? Let me like take the time to write it out instead of just being in front of them and like having all these emotions come up i think it gives you a little bit of distance from them and allows you to sort of write it down and and have like a different method of of figuring that out um and also regarding the displacement stuff um with other partners just make sure to create really intentional date time and and really intentional quality time for your existing partners um also like you know Look cute for them too. Like shower and shave, <laughs> put on some makeup, look awesome. You know, if that's something that you're into, um, it just basically make an effort for them because it may seem as though you're only making an effort for the new partner, uh, but instead also, you know, show that you care about your existing partners. 
Yeah, I have to say all the time what I see working with clients is I see like, especially with people who live together, that mm. this comes up a lot of like, I see my partner, you know, get ready and shave and, and get all nice and fancy and put on cologne and like head out to his date. And then I just get like normal t-shirt and sweats mm. version of him. And like, he never puts in that effort for me. And then on the flip side, often with like newer relationships or newer partners of someone, like someone who's in a relationship with someone who lives with another partner, they often complain about the opposite of like, yeah, we go out on dates and we have a good time, but like, I don't get any of that like, day-to-day -day stuff like we don't go grocery shopping together we don't get to just like hang out on the couch and chill together we don't you know um and so, so the grass is always greener, oh gosh is what so you're completely completely so so i always encourage people to just bear that in mind and you know do a little fromanship relationship anarchy style kind of thing and kind of try to balance that a little bit like what are the things about like day-to-day -day kind of bonded existing relationship energy that you can bring to your new relationships and also vice versa what are like the efforts mm. and like the ways that you get excited and like the little things that you do when you're in the thick of NRE that you can bring to your existing relationship as well. Um, if you haven't talked with your partner about this already um, or your other partners about this, have a conversation about texting etiquette, about how you feel. I mean, I feel like at least anecdotally, most people that I know like are totally understanding and willing to have agreements around like, okay, well, if we're on a date, then we're you know going to be polite and like not, pay attention to our phones or not be glued to our phones or if we're having dinner or if we're trying to get the kids to bed or something like that like there's definitely specific times where we agree like we'll just be kind of focused here um but just have that conversation about what actually makes you comfortable and what doesn't um some people are more comfortable with like you know if we're watching a movie like i'd rather that we're not on our phones other people are like no that's fine you know if we mm -hmm. want to be like looking at our phones occasionally and texting people other people are more comfortable with the idea of uh, you know, just if you feel like you need to call someone, just let me know and then step out and then call them. Um, so any kind of solution can work for you. Just make sure that you have that conversation with your partners or like, especially if it's a partner that you live with. Um, and then also something to bear in mind is that like, if you have a partner who's having a hard time with you being an NRE, it is okay if the best that person reaches right now, your partner is feeling kind of neutral about mm -hmm. this new relationship. Um, we've talked and a I lot. I think that's also just like in general. Yeah. We've talked a lot on this show about compersion and about like how compersion is great, but it's not necessarily something you need to be aspiring to at all times. Um, especially if you have a partner who's historically like kind of struggled, but if they've reached a point of feeling like neutral or positively neutral, like that's something to be, celebrated and that's a really good thing um mm -hmm. because i i think like slamming your partner for like not being supportive enough or not giving you the high five can definitely really backfire and cause uh, the opposite of what you want like it's probably not going to encourage them to be more supportive of you um so that's just something to bear in mind is again connecting back to the empathizing thing is just have some compassion for that and to also celebrate kind of the small victories there yeah. And to go back to the cell phone thing for a second, like the texting thing, I think that having those conversations about, you know, your agreements with your existing partners is super important. And like Emily and I did this, you know, years ago when we were living mm -hmm. together of kind of having to try different things, be like, well, maybe it's, 
if you're going to text, just do it all kind of in a block of time and be like, I'm going to take five minutes to send some text messages. And Mm -hmm. then I'm back to not checking and kind of have like periodic checks or other times it was like, let's, I'm fine with you texting while we're watching TV together, but actually don't lean your phone away from me. So it doesn't feel subconsciously like you're keeping a secret from me or right. Like different things like that. And, And just sort of try things and see what works for you. There isn't just like an answer of like, this is correct etiquette. You'll get different answers from different people, but just have that conversation ongoing and work together. And then the other part of that is have conversations with the new partner. Also setting some reasonable and sustainable communication practices. So what I mean by this is that often when we're in that NRE, even if it's not in a polyamorous context, you might be like, I want to talk to them every second of every day. And so I'm staying up late texting with them, or I'm like sneaking away at work or like sneaking text messages to them. And while you might be able to get away with that for a little bit of time, it's not actually sustainable because you do Mm -hmm. actually need sleep and you do actually (laughs) uh, need to do your work when you're at work and you know, all of that. And then also again with your partners, it's just, if you're kind of teaching this new person I'm available at any second and I'm always going to be texting you. You're kind of setting them up for some disappointment or even more so, I think sometimes they might also feel the burden of having to text you Mm, that much. Both of you think you're doing that for the sake of the other person because they'll be disappointed if you don't. And then, you know, really you're both putting yourselves out and then you get in a situation where if they do start to put some boundaries in place then you feel like, oh, well, I didn't do that, but they did. Like, ah, oh, they must not care. You see how you like get yourself in this bad situation right. when you establish... You don't want what you don't want. Right, like you yeah, establish exactly. some patterns that are not sustainable because then they have to change and that change can be stressful. It can be difficult. Yeah. So finally, we know that we talked about a lot of ways to sort of like tame this NRE a bit. Uh, and deal with it but but do remember to enjoy the good parts because it's not gonna last forever so enjoy it while it lasts have fun with this free awesome body high that you're getting (laughs) where you just like feel amazing all the time Mm -hmm. um but you know be be supportive of your partners as well because it may be a little bit challenging for them to go through and we just we always have to reiterate don't sign anything (laughs) like it's, it's one really of the models of the show. Don't and sign again, anything. Don't sign anything. Don't sign anything in the first, in the first year. year yes. I want to get like t-shirts. Yes. Yeah, it's like, don't sign anything in the first year. <laughs> Multi-amory. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So we would love to know what your experience with NRE has been. Have, is it something you've experienced recently or has it been a lot of years since you've experienced it? We'd love to hear your stories or maybe you have some really cool techniques for dealing with it, being able to enjoy it while also not letting it destroy your life. (laughs) We would love to have you be involved in that conversation. And the best way to let us know your thoughts about that is to do it with other listeners on this episode's discussion thread, which we have in our private Facebook and our discourse forums. You can get access to both of these groups and you can join our exclusive community by going to patreon.com slash multiamory. In addition, You could share your thoughts publicly on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can also email us at info at multiamory.com. Leave us a voicemail at 678-M-U-L-T-I-05. Or you can leave us a voice message on Facebook. Multiamory is created and produced by Emily Matlack, Dedeker Winston, and me, Jace Lindgren. 
Our episodes are edited by Mauricio. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. The full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.